0: This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. So today on the show, we have Nick Siegel. Nick is the co-founder of Partners Trust and the president in Southern California of Pacific Union. Uh, Pacific Union is the number one uh, in California and Los Angeles independent brokerage and number five in the U.S. He has been um, on the. He has been the chair of the Professional Standards and Ethics Committee for the Beverly Hills Greater Los Angeles Board of Realtors. Uh, He and his partners have set up the Partners Trust Charitable Giving Fund, and he is coming out uh, soon with a new book called On Your Terms, discovering a more joyful and purpose-filled life through value-conscious negotiating, which he uh, wrote with his wife, Laura Siegel. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to Nick. I've known Nick for many years, and he has taken a few dollars from me on the golf course. I don't know, given that it's golf, if that says uh, how good he is or how bad I am, because isn't that how golf works? <laughs> yes, the beguiling game. <laughs> yes, so. Um, I'm really pleased to have Nick here because I want to be able to pick his brain about uh, wealth because we've talked a little bit here and there about his philosophy on wealth and, and where that comes from. Um, but first, uh, let's get to know Nick. So first off, welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you, Nat. And um, so let's talk a little bit. I, I've been reading your book and there is a very... Um, personal, revealing, which I think is f- makes it really phenomenal about your childhood. Would you tell us um, where you come from and a little bit about your experience uh, growing up? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. and
1: I love you, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. So uh, I grew up in New York, and um, by the time I was 14, I was an orphan. So my mother killed herself when uh, I was 13, and then about 14 months later, my father died of colon cancer. So that uh, put me on a fast track to uh, really understanding uh, human pain. You know, uh, Before that, being a kid, I mean, I had my frustrations, I had my disappointments, but uh, I had a, a source of great loving in my mother and uh so to have her ripped away really is what it felt like was uh it 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 was uh it was a challenging time you know then going to new schools and my parents had divorced when i was one so i i never really knew them together so i went from my my mother her passing and then going to live with my father and his now new wife who Um, we never really found a groove and then suddenly it was my older sister and I, and now we're folded in with my father, his, uh, new wife and, uh, my half younger brother and a stepsister. So we were there for about five weeks and then we pack up and head to, uh, literally, uh, to California where my father was, he was a screenwriter. And so we lived in Los Angeles and Woodland Hills for about a year and he went back for a simple trip uh, for, uh, just for, you know, just for a writing assignment, and, uh, was supposed to be gone a week, and ended up being gone six weeks, and during that time, they found this cancer, and he came back a fraction of the man that I saw leave, uh, that six weeks before, so, uh, he died, um, within a a short period of time thereafter, so, it was, uh, That's, uh, that's uh, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, yeah.
0: How did, uh the teenage nick how did you cope with that as a teen at that time yeah i
1: i had this thought that i would just i'm not going to let anybody see me in pain i'm going to just i'm going to suck it up and i'm going to uh, i'm going to get along i'm going to find my way and that's what i did so I, I had this mantra of i'm fine i'm nothing's gonna nothing's gonna slow me down and in the book i I talk about the experience and I recount the, the passing of my parents and what took place like um, you know, recounting the weather report. Uh, like it's going to be a sunny day, 72 degrees here in Southern California and just insert, well my mother killed herself and my father died of colon cancer 14 months later and all's fine. So that was it. That was, that was my mechanism uh, of defense. Now the saving grace for me was that as my father was dying, I was invited to, uh, if I wanted to, to go to a boarding school, a Quaker school, uh, that my father had gone to called the George School, and my Uncle George, who is an actor, he went there as well. And uh, so they said, do you want to go to the school? Because they knew I did not like my stepmother. We just didn't get along. And I jumped at the chance. So that, that, and your sister, did she go with you? No, she was, she was uh, three years, she's three years older, and she was just finishing up high school and she was looking into college. So my sophomore year in high school, I was now, I found myself at a boarding school in Pennsylvania. Wow. And, uh, but the Quakers were wonderful people. And that was, that was really my first touch of spirituality in in any form or fashion was because the philosophy is there's the spark of goodness in everyone my father had a guru and we we can get okay. into that yeah. um go so, ahead let's yeah, so so uh my, was,
0: who is your father's guru uh,
1: charan singh oh wow was, so yeah so there's there's a full circle that 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 comes together here with yeah. you know my own relationship with with john roger and i know you have your relationship with him and yeah. but i was introduced to charan singh i mean by the time i was 9 uh, my father went to rome because he was working on a movie at the time and he met the master, and that was Charan Singh. Wow! So, I, he came back and said, "This is this is it." I'm all in. I'm a now a strict, devout vegetarian, meditated two hours a day, and I kind wow. of looked at him that's... as a nine year old. Like, but
0: so th- that was the first taste of of any of that. That's that's really that's really something. Mm-hmm. So, how did? After, so after you got through high school, let's say. Um, at what point did that man, that mantra of like, I, I'm fine and I won't, did you have a point where it started breaking down or where you, um, started working on, on yourself in a way, um, so that you dealt with those issues? Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So I rolled with that, uh, through high school, uh, and into college and then out of college, I wanted to, uh, be an actor. And so I came out to Los Angeles and I stayed with my uncle George and
0: George Siegel, George Siegel, the actor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's had quite a career. Yeah, he sure has. And it's been a, just, just such a, he's such a loving man and it's been such a, all of my family has been, that also helped with, with getting through all of that. I mean, my uncles and aunts stepped in and my cousins stepped in and they became, you know, brothers and sisters and family. So, um, I was out here, wanted to be an actor. I'm living with him in his guest house uh, in Bel Air. And he says, you know, there's this there's this training called Insight. And you may want to check it out. So and I'll pay for it. It's 100 bucks. And so he wrote a check. And he says, it'll be good for you. So I went, just thinking I was going there to work on my acting. And I realized the value of what was available there. And I dove in head first. And... The content and the energy, and I, I found that safe space to t- start to explore that pain, and to really work through it, and realize that ultimately it was part of my wealth. So you turned it into net positive, so. net positive. Without question, <laughs> and I do that to this day. So nineteen eighty
0: six, and that's when I met Jr. Wow! Yeah. So that's that's quite that's quite a story of how you got here and then it, you went into real estate at some point I did yeah. I was and uh I was I made a living as an actor for about five years and well know. I see on the wall here we're in in your office and yeah. there's Muhammad Ali in you so that, that's right that looks about that time you want to tell a little <laughs> bit about how you ended up uh hanging out with Muhammad Ali the great yeah the, the greatest of all time right so uh
1: I was filming a movie called Electric Boogaloo it was the sequel to the movie Breakin', when breakdancing was, wow. was the rage. And a buddy of mine uh, from, from Vassar College says, you know, so you know when I, when I asked, are you going to do any breakdancing, Nick? And, and my friend Deech just said, the only time you'll see Nick break, spinning on his head is if he got hit by a car. So I uh, <laughs> deflected that. But uh, yeah, so I was filming this movie and uh, suddenly everything stops. And uh, I'm a dutiful young actor. I'm sitting at the dining room table of this beautiful estate in, in Fremont Place. And in walks Muhammad Ali. And he just wow. looks at me and looks through the, the viewfinder of the camera, and he just goes, you prettier than me. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness. So then he, he leaves, and I'm, I come out immediately. And there, it's a sea of people, right? Wow. And the, 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 the movie photographer, the still photographer's taking shots and all that. So yeah. uh, he said, I want to take a picture with you. And uh, so I had my picture taken with Muhammad Ali. So that's one of the highlights of my five-year acting career. I made a living at it, but the picture lives on, you know.
0: That's pretty great. Yeah. And so then take us to how you got started in, into real estate and how... So first, how you did that, and then what made you take the shift to start your own company? Mm. So Hostess pudding pies is a product that you don't hear much about anymore. No, you sure
1: don't. No, do van- vanilla and chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I was I got cast in a commercial, uh, and with this other guy, and uh, so we do this commercial, and he tells me while we're, we're then they flew us down. So we did vanilla. And then they roll out chocolate, so they liked us, and they flew us to to Florida, and we 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 do the chocolate episode. And uh, he's telling me about real estate. I said, "What is that?" And he goes, "Well, you take this book, and you show people houses, and you you know you, you sell them houses." I go, "Well, I, I can do that." <laughs> so that was really the formal, you know, that was the spark that that got me started because I was getting tired of waiting for the phone to ring. You know, uh, yeah. I, I had some. I had some very close calls. Uh, I, made, ma- I made a living at it. Acting is a tough career. It's, it is a, a, a tough, tough gig. So I started getting, I had the thick skin already from five years of acting. And so I said, well, you know, I, I, I started understanding the word no. And then so I got into real estate to get, have it firmly entrenched in my <laughs> mindset. No <laughs> happens a lot, you know, with anything in yeah. sales. So um, I took to it. And uh, I you know, I joined on with this the, my colleague from this this acting this t this commercial editor, and so that started. I was the twelfth agent there, and I really took to it. But I had so now it's 1989, so I had three years under my under my belt of my inside experiences and and what that really looks like and accountability and uh, time management and. Uh, truly being true to my word and understanding the difference of guilt and resentment versus loving and the choices that we make. And I really applied that to what we were doing. And so I started presenting different seminars, things that were were working for me to this growing small group of, of agents in this little teeny boutique called DBL. And the president of the company says, yeah, you want to teach this? You want to teach that? So I started teaching classes and I really enjoyed it and created things like a service guarantee and how could we really improve the the consciousness of the business. And so I worked my way up to being gifted um, a percentage ownership of that company and wow. we grew that company into the point we sold it in 2004 to Sotheby's International Realty. Wow. And uh, so played the the exact role for a senior vice president for a massive corporation, didn't dig that at all. And then, so as soon as my non-compete was up in two thousand and nine,
0: in the midst of a you know a tumultuous time. Wow, for real estate, I I that the, yeah. that was that must have been the low point of a generation, I would imagine. Oh, no question. I, I mean, I we mean, were in global financially. It was just a, it was a meltdown, right? <laughs> was, so, and the real estate was at the heart of that. Yeah, and and so, yet you. What what inside of you did you was there any concern about that (laughs) Were you (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was the genius
1: that was going to buck the trend uh, (laughs) on that one, right? So yeah, there was great concern, Um, and yet I saw an opportunity, and I saw that what if we what if we made it more inclusive and gave people an ownership interest in what we were doing, and if they had, you know, if they trusted me enough. To, to play ball with with what we were creating at Partners Trust, I wanted to give them something tangible and and meaningful. And so we w- created a, a dynamic where we carved out an ownership interest as a gift to anybody that wanted to play with us if they came to us early. And, you know, that served us very, very well because we just
0: sold Partners Trust to Nap Pacific Union in, in August of last year. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty amazing that you... Uh... That you had, that you saw the opportunity. I-, I know that's one of the things that J- John Roger Jr. taught me was that you know the difference really between a lot of times between you know people who know how to create wealth and don't mm. is that they just see the opportunity where other people don't. Mm. And um, but what I like about your story is that you know you really seem to focus I mean your name said it partners you know so that everyone's a partner and then trust it seems like a a big important thing that you had been teaching already that you learned from Insight and Insight's still going for anyone out there I mean that's an amazing program especially for teenagers that's I I love going to the graduation for teenagers because absolutely tremendous work teenagers can be Challenging, shall we say? Oh, and and you challenged. Had, you know, I mean, my God, some... that's.
1: I wouldn't go back to being a teenager oh, again. God, that's no. There's just, just the no searing way. searing pain.
0: Ugh, it is <laughs> terrible. God bless all God, the teenagers yes, out God there. God bless the teenagers. But to see them open up and expand and, and see this bigger vision of life in themselves um, when they do Insight, to me, is amazing. So you took things you learned from that, and are there... Are there other uh, sources for you that that helped you develop this philosophy, which you from which you created your business? Yeah,
1: well, my goodness, uh, from a heart perspective, from a, from a, the essence of who I am and my connection to uh, the greater is was really there's so much beautiful information that's presented through the movement of spiritual and awareness and through. John Roger, and then more recently Johnny Morton. Um, that idea that loving is is first and foremost that, that the the whole dynamic of this world is the the opportunity to express loving and learn the lessons that we're here to learn, so that ideally we we at some point get off this wheel of incarnation. So that's the that's the driving goal with everything that I do and. And so it manifests just in the sharing of my heart and taking whatever intelligence that I have, both learned and uh, intuitive, to really share that and give it away. And the more I give it away, the more it comes back. And I'm living proof that as I trust in myself and I trust in my heart and express
0: from that place, I'll be taken care of. I couldn't say it better. That's, (laughs) That's really well said. And there's a theme that you just mentioned, that I hear others say um, who, to me, embody consciousness of wealth, and it's the more I give it away, the more I get. Can you talk a little bit more about how you see that? Sure. Uh, it, it,
1: it resonates in, in any of my interactions, the idea that it, if I present something in a way that empowers you, you see me as a resource that maybe there's more of that. And part of the book, uh, on your terms speaks to nine negotiating keys. And most people don't like to negotiate for themselves and, or they're uncomfortable negotiating for themselves. And, and the fear factor that slips in is, well, is someone going to dupe me? Is someone going to take advantage of me? So and I don't want that. So I just won't engage. Well, these nine keys are step by step, uh, it's an evolution. Uh, a, ne- a negotiation is like a great piece of music. It's it has a beginning, a middle, a crescendo, and an end. You know, and and a, a clear action and an associated intention to that action becomes an organic stepping stone to work through these nine keys. And the third of those keys is the uh, it's whether you use me or not. And it's a consciousness. And in order to truly embrace it, you need to fully believe it. And I believe it that. So what I will say to you is it in our time together now whatever whatever you decide to do is fine and my intention is to give you enough information so that you can make an informed decision that serves your needs so as we this conversation evolves i'm going to give i'm going to take you behind the curtain as to what i know and so you can use it to your advancement and if that resonates and, and you like the way I do it, then odds are we'll keep working together. And, and if I've given you enough in this one meeting and you're ready to move on, well, then so be it. That's fine, too. So just take the pressure off the whole thing. And then people then start to drop their guard. And then they'll tell you what's really going on. And then the, the conversation becomes more authentic. And I can then give you more of the essence of who I am. And we create a trust and a bond thereafter. And it, it literally can happen in one meeting.
0: So, from the sounds of what you're talking about, you are looking at often negotiation. um, Often negotiation, when you read about it or read books about it, uh, it can be almost combative. Mm -hmm. Um, People look at it as it's one, you know, me against this. Mm -hmm. And from what you're proposing is that it's a cooperative engagement that isn't. that isn't is in a completely different mentality. Yeah, well, understand that if two people are negotiating with each other, they both
1: want something from the other. Otherwise, sure. they wouldn't be in the room. Of course, right. So I want something from you, and you want something from me. There are many ways to get there, but if I take the pressure off of it, and I take my sell consciousness and I transmute it into an educational consciousness, that I'm just here to give you the information. Now, if I'm selling you widgets. I'm gonna educate you as to why my widget is better than anybody else's widget. Whether you buy my widget or not is because you have a need to buy widgets. If I educate you that I got the best widget and the price is competitive and it serves your needs, then why wouldn't you buy my widgets over someone else's?
0: Yeah, and and you're also, you're building a relationship and, and one thing that I found, um, in my business at least, um, or businesses, is, is that it's really about Relationships with people you trust and it's a longer game than just getting a bargain at this one time that you've somehow gotten, you've pulled one over or something. Um, I found that, you know, that it goes much farther down the line if you really look at it in terms of relationships. Yeah, well, I would rather work with three people over and over again than have to try and build 10 new relationships and churn in and burn them uh, every single time. Isn't that the truth? It seems like, a, seems like a much better business plan, and it's, it's shocking that more people don't well, see they, that. I think they just don't trust the opportunity that, they, that it's available.
1: They, they, you know, We all have stories that we tell ourselves when we get started, and they're ingrained in us, and, and unless we educate ourselves that there's an expanded story, we keep believing the story that we've already believed, and so we perpetuate it. So how did you change your story? I, through fact-checking. Through through, I, I have a uh, an awareness that when I was a kid, I, I I realized the first time we didn't have money, and mm-hmm. uh, it was when I asked my mother if if we if she could buy me a pair of blue suede Pumas, they were nice. the, they were the, they were the bomb
0: blue that's suede Pumas pretty right? cool
1: right Clyde <laughs> Fraser right so that whole thing so I'm dating myself but that's cool, um, and and she goes she looked at me she goes we don't we don't have the money for me to buy you those shoes. And in that moment, I thought, oh, I'm someone who doesn't have the money to buy something like that. And that perpetuated itself for a period. I went to a a Quaker school, it was a prep school, and there were rich people there, and they were the haves, and I was the have-nots. And so I bought into that, and until I really started to realize that I had my own abundance inside of myself. And it was my loving heart, and it was the ability to manifest what I wanted to as I believed it. So, and so I started to reinforce a new outlook, that then reinforced the consciousness, that then expanded the story. And I, I recently shared that, and I do a lot of um, presentations to my company, and that's the the thesis of the book, the the the, the whole genesis of the book rather is 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 putting it in eight week program groups and things like that and originated from Think and are Rich we can get into that but anyway so I shared that story about you know what are the stories that, and are we still believing them about the Pumas and the, in the next week I got two pairs of blue suede Pumas delivered to me from different people that were in uh, the class so that's so uh, funny because I was
0: just thinking maybe I should get Nick some <laughs> blue suede Pumas but, but it sounds like you got a couple I, I, got, I got a couple of <laughs> pairs but, but, uh,
1: but that to me is such just a sweet um, example of vulnerability expressed and how the universe, how people, the goodness of people step forward and say,
0: let me take care of that for you. And that's, that's a way to live. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is definitely great. So, so you've touched on it a bit, but, um, how have you been able, because obviously now you have, 900 employees and um well they're
1: independent contractors well so, okay so Sorry. which means yes. no, no no which
0: fine from from a
1: california legal perspective yeah, but yeah. moreover that means they're that much more rogue and renegades i'm yeah. <laughs> um, her,
0: herds of cats exactly. and about 100 employees so yeah, there you okay. go and um which you built up when you started partners trust how many was it just the partners well, yeah it was
1: four of us when we got to 240 when we sold partners yeah, trust there were 240 of us and then Pacific Union bought two other firms, and now I'm charged with 900 people because it's it's the the, key, the combination of all three of those firms.
0: So in this process, how have you um, how have you imparted your wisdom with in what you found works in terms mm-hmm. of your integrity and all of those kind of things uh, to people? All these other people working as partners or um, in the business with you, how how do you? How have you taught that?
1: Well, it's by demonstration. You know, we're we're four and a half months into the unification of all of these these different companies, and charged as its president, um, I am constantly challenged by different systems, different philosophies, different mindsets. And the, the best asset I have is those that already know me. They are the ones that say, no, Siegel's a good dude. You can, you can trust that guy. And people have their own ways of communicating it, but that's what permeates. And then when it, it, it's, it's grassroots, it's one-on-one, it's group mixers where, you know, and it's emails and communications that I write out from Happy Mother's Day and what that means to me and that resonates with people, you know, and they're getting it and, and we're coming
0: together. So it's, it's still a work in progress. Do you do workshops or um, sessions or something? Do you have like a workbook that you have developed about how to um, talk about this type of negotiating and teach people how to do this type of negotiating so, it, so that your values, um, that your philosophy is in the business?
1: Yeah, without question. Uh, uh, I've, I've done presentations and workshops, eight week seminars for six, seven years now, and I and I've done now two of them since since well, one was a tale of the end of last year, but right now I'm in the midst of one where I'm I was with sixteen young, eager uh <laughs> Uh, realtors and they want to, they want to increase their business and we're starting with the qualities that makes them unique. And I'm impressing upon them to incorporate and integrate those qualities into everything they do through demonstration and being able to articulate those qualities in the demonstration. And we met this morning and they were just lit up and how inspired they were and, and I closed the session with when you get this viscerally that these qualities are truly who you are and I've got them doing affirmations and and all of those things to help with, with that mindset, you will inspire yourselves. You won't need it coming from an external source, it'll come from an internal source and you'll you'll wake up in the morning and ask the question, why am I doing what I'm doing today, as opposed to, oh, what do I have to do today? And when you get in touch with that why and alignment with those qualities, well, life becomes far richer. And they're getting it, and they're seeing it translate into deals. What I've done is I've I've clocked every single one of them what their current production was last year, and we're doing, we'll see where their production is after six months of this program, and uh, I have great faith that
0: they will be well on their way. I'm sure you've had plenty of experience of... of- seeing others do this. Yeah. Go through My this. Life. And so you mentioned affirmations. What other type of techniques do you bring into this process? Yeah.
1: One of the dynamics that we explore in the book is the idea of success creation. But until you define success for yourself, you really it's very difficult to have it have it be viscerally inside of you we look at success well they've got that so that means they're successful or we define success as an outer perspective but success to you could just be doing podcasts for the rest of your life and <laughs> yeah. and just the joy of connecting with people and and that fills you up that's wealth to you uh it's not i know you got you've got
0: huge aspirations and this is just a wonderful way to express who you are actually but well, i enjoy this too Right. yeah i agree with you but yeah. So what's your, I kind of want to know, what's your definition of wealth for you? So wealth is uh, living in a joyful and
1: abundant life and and abundance doesn't mean that I, that I'm, you know, I have millions of dollars in my account. It's what is the, the consciousness of abundance and am I, am I appreciating it in this moment? This to me, this moment right here, sitting in my office here in Brentwood is abundance and i look at the different touch points and the visuals around this office that that all have a meaning to me and it's it's a fairly sparse office but it's it, it it's it's a, on purpose you know and so one of the ways i i think mind mapping is a tremendous tool to to define what it is you want and and the example would be put the word success in the middle of a page and circle it and all the different offshoots and like tr- like either a clock and at 3 o'clock, and at 9 o'clock, and at 6 o'clock, and at... You uh, talk about that in your book. Yeah. I saw that. What is... define what that is for you, and it, both from a qualitative perspective and a quantitative perspective. And it's amazing how when you consider, when you ask a group of people what is success to them, it's not how much money they have in their account. It's the qualities of joy and loving, and I want to I want to feel freedom. And those are all, all those experiential things that, again, back to Insight, touch on, you know, the experience... Uh, that becomes our wealth. So go for those experiences in everything you do and then the quantitative component manifests itself. And so it starts with the qualities and then it zeroed down and what would what would be success for you today and what does that look like? And now let's break it down into next action steps, schedule appropriate scheduling and then it's paint by numbers. Yeah,
0: you make it sound so simple. <laughs> and it is. it is. It is, it is. We make it hard. Yes. Our, our preconceived notions make it hard. It, it is our own blocks that that right. make it difficult. Those really, stories that yeah. we told ourselves. So, yeah. ch-
1: time for new stories.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one, um, on a lot of this actually. What aren't so, you with me on? I that? don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. Well. <laughs> I, I I don't know that I'm gonna take the next golf bet that's, that's oh, okay. the only there thing I'm go. not with there you on go. but um, but with all this so in so what is the inspiration for your book for writing I mean because this is a substantial book this isn't a like a very short like here's three steps this is a very in-depth uh, workbook in a way yeah, it um, and it's I mean it, it's pretty amazing what I've read so far, so very amazing. It's incredible that I've written some things um on my own and to write this much mm. is I, I give you a lot of credit because it's not easy um to it's not always easy to like really encapsulate in such a clear way, um, your philosophy and in a way to get success or to define success and how to negotiate in a new way so what what was the inspiration to actually write this book well I didn't find that there was a a, a, a book out there a
1: body of work that bridged one's own self-worth and uh, and claiming one's self-worth to the point of negotiating those outcomes there there there's a premise that I put in the and I, st- I start in the book by just saying until you realize and claim your value and your worth you'll either deflect or sabotage it and we see that you know create promote or allow our realities um so the first thing we got to do is we got to believe in ourselves we got to believe that we have worth and value and there was a quick story i was coming down the stairs uh of of the house in woodland hills after my mother had passed and my father is just ravaged with this cancer and and at the base of the stairs, it was as if someone whispered it in my ear, but loudly says, good things happen to good people, and you are a good person, Nick. And I just stopped me, and I thought, that's coming from someplace. And we all have that inherent goodness. And you know, that back to the Quakers, that spark of goodness that lives in everybody, and sometimes you just have to look a little deeper to find it. Yeah. Um, that, so I, I needed to establish some techniques so that people could claim their own recognize and claim their values so that's the first step then well what do I want you know uh, now I know who I am or at least my value now what so now let's build build a bridge and so then it became well let's define success for yourself you authentic success in and out for you and the mind mapping comes in and so let's create that well then I said, okay, that's fantastic. But now how do you negotiate those outcomes? Because most people, as I said, don't like to negotiate for themselves or don't know how. And so then I broke down the steps of proper preparation and clear intention in alignment with what success is from that foundation of value and says, here are nine steps that you can apply to any negotiation. Getting your kids to brush their teeth can can work as easily as the negotiation of the sale of a company and I've applied to both those techniques and so now there's the arc and I just didn't see anybody there are many books on negotiation but if you don't believe you can do it you're not going to engage in that and and I like the, the philosophy of this negotiating style and so if I do nothing else in my life that that that's uh, you know a body of work that I can truly be proud of and it took four years to to put it together so building yeah. selling companies in the process and and using new experiences
0: and new stories to to make sure the the content was still fresh and relevant well i'm glad that you wrote it because i will be honest uh, negotiation has been quite a challenge for me um as you know i have a jewelry company and yeah. i deal with uh very very skilled negotiators in mm-hmm. in the diamond industry and yeah um, families who they've probably been negotiating for hundreds of years in many generations. And mm-hmm. so they have it down to an art and well, they have their technique. they have the- their, tec- they, right. yeah, their and, technique. Yeah, I agree. And I an did art. feel, and mm-hmm. I have felt a lot, mm-hmm. like you were saying, I felt that I, I don't know how to negotiate. And it's been a challenge and, and I've been, I've made some good friends. And in fact, the other day I was in the office of one and, and he actually started negotiating for me, his own prices down. Right. <laughs> cause, cause we've become such good friends sure. that he's like, well, and his, and, and his father was like, he was okay with the other price. Why are you doing this? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, it's okay. And, and, but that's the, um, but th- this, is, I'm definitely going to be uh, reading more into this book, and then maybe uh, re-interviewing you when <laughs> when I have some some challenges in in real life to see uh, see your view on it, if you're open to that. Because to that. Because this really is something that in any business mm-hmm. and, and any and even just life in general, mm-hmm. even if you're an employee, and that's something I've seen, especially younger. Um, younger people and even older, you know, it doesn't really matter. If you're an employee, I recently had a a young woman who got this, um, good offer for a position, but then it's like how to negotiate the salary and the benefits and all that. So even if you don't own a business, even just in any situation in life, there's so much negotiating. And I love the new perspective that you're talking about here. Um, we've talked a little bit about Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, um, wonderful book. Yeah, I've I, I found it really interesting. What, what's your, have you used that? I mean, I know you have, because we've talked about it, but like, what's your view on, on those techniques, and, and has that worked for you? Well, I think it's a, it's, it's a great book. Uh,
1: the intent, one of the intentions of On Your Terms is one, to take a more holistic approach. Yeah, and uh, part so much of thinking grow rich is just out, out outside in. You know, say the affirmation, say it until you believe, yeah. scream it, yell it, yell it. But it, it it you you kind of approach it as I say outside yourself, as opposed to, well, what if I claim my own value and then I create a series of affirmations? because you get the opportunity and on your terms to create your own affirmations based on the qualities that you discover through the exploration of mind mapping those qualities in eight different categories. So if, if loving keeps coming up in each of the, of, of the experience that you want in eight categories, you know health and wealth and happiness and higher purpose, well, that's, a, that's an important component of your life. And so I'm creating my success because I want to experience greater loving, abundance and joy in all aspects of my life. Well, those three qualities are plugged into that foundational statement, well now that's a very authentic resonance that starts yeah. to come forward. And so that, so thinking and Grow Rich served a great purpose as to the power of affirmation, Lou Tice and all that great work that's going on, but on your terms brings it, makes it much more resonant authentically from the inside out.
0: So you're, to me it's like you're building a, a good foundation and then building the house right and and in thinking go rich they
1: never talk about negotiating strategies yeah no they there's, don't, there's no. none of that so again there. listen jim camp wrote a great book start with no uh they're they're great negotiators out there uh, you know there's the whole win-win philosophy I, I, i'm not a proponent of win-win philosophies i'm i'm proponent of, of understanding that both sides got what they needed you know win-win isn't designed to make you feel good about what you got Uh but I don't know how I've negotiated thousands of real estate transactions no seller is giddy with joy thinking I got everything I wanted they always think could I have gotten more and no (laughs) buyer ever says oh my god I stole it they go no could I have gotten it for less so let's get over that whole idea of win-win get to the did you get what you needed in that moment
0: to progress your life your experience your your goals further based on truly defining what success is That's the start right so I mean I may pay a hundred dollars for a band-aid
1: mm-hmm. but if I'm about to walk into a huge meeting and I'm dressed in a suit and a white white shirt and I don't want blood on my shirt because I'm going to a presentation where I can make a million bucks I'll give you a hundred bucks for that band-aid oh, and yeah. I now I secured the deal because I was more confident to get in there
0: I didn't get taken in the slightest of course right yeah. That makes total sense. Well, there you go. That's in the book. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Nick. Um, this has been a great interview. I highly recommend all of you out there uh, read this book. When is it coming out? Um, do we should, know yet? I, no, no. I should get my cover design ideally tonight. Uh, I've
1: been working with someone we know very well, uh, Arissa Bright, on the audio book. Oh, nice. So that's that should be done by the end of the month. So. The two of them should line up uh, in the next couple of
0: weeks. Oh, fantastic! So probably, possibly by the time this interviews out, um, and you may be able to get it. And if not, keep your uh, eyes watching those computer screens on Amazon. There we go. It's going to be on Amazon. It's, it'll be on Amazon. And it's called On Your Terms. Uh, Nick Siegel is the author with Laura Siegel, and. I end my interviews with a question Mm. and that is if you um, were attending your own funeral Mm -hmm. and you had passed away, were were in spirit and there, and you could tell all the friends and people that you know that have come what you learned in this life, Mm. what would that be? Share your hearts as often as you can beyond everything else. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, thank you, Nat. And we'll see all of you next week. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. Um, do you have a website? I do, onyourterms.net. There and that you go. will be live in the next uh, couple of weeks as well, or maybe live That's by the fantastic. time this cool. airs. Hopefully, by the time this airs, mm-hmm. uh, onyourterms.net. All right. Thank you all for listening, and have a great week.